You're listening to the Kingdom Flow Podcast. I'm Kyle Jones. And I'm Ian Sperry. Now more than ever, we're in a time where Christians need to rise up. Business owners and corporate executives have a great opportunity to capture hearts by living out their faith, holding the line that's being challenged every day. Listen in as we work to uncover ways to help you live your life by design and challenge the norm by breaking down barriers and truly encouraging you to go all in on your faith. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to the show on the platform of your choice. Let's go. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for another episode of Kingdom Flow. Lord, I just pray that um, it's just a Holy Spirit-driven conversation and that we honor you with all that we say, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We've got another special guest with us special today. Special guest. Great friend, longtime friend. I was trying to actually think of when you and I first met, but Lance Redmond is in the house. 2001. Ooh. Did you look it up? No, that's just when I <laughs> when I started as an intern in the youth ministry and you were a student. That's right. That's right. So you're, you're really not that much older than me, but you, mm-hmm. you came in as I was a, a senior or junior or senior, I think. And you were just... In your class of 03 or 04? 03. Okay. So I started working at the church as the interim student minister your senior year. Yeah. So, and so you he influenced you. He, I mean, this is this man has a lot of influence over my life. <laughs> and to awesome. where King of Flow is today, that's scary. You could that's almost scary. take credit for this podcast. Oh, wow. I, mean, you, I you, love it. You showed me the way of the Lord. We, I mean, I was, I was thinking about that. Like, we would meet with like a couple other guys and did like a mini discipleship group. I think we when did, I was yeah. an intern for a while. Yeah. I was I was going down memory lane. You put me on the narrow path. You put me on the narrow <laughs> yeah, path. Let's let's say that. Let's go with that. There we go. Well, you know, you, I was thinking about uh, any specific stories that I could remember, and and one really stuck out to me. We were on a mission trip to Florida, of all places. Florida, so, mind you, mission, mission trip to Florida. Suffering for Miami. Jesus. We were, <laughs> this wasn't like any kind of uh, you know uh, spring break evangelism. It wasn't anything like that. It was actually more rural part of Florida. So we'll give him that, but it was it was tucked on a lake where we got to spend a day on the lake riding jet skis and <laughs> even went to Disney World as part of it too. So for this, free, for free, great. this was an incredible mission trip. <laughs> Very rough in it. Yeah, we were evangelizing at, at Disney World with all the. It was during Pride, and no, I'm oh, just kidding. Wow. Oh, but, <laughs> but there was a specific incident. I think it was like the last night, and our host. The, the host pastor, he was actually cooking up a pig for us. It was like luau thing. You remember this? I'll tell you. Yeah, I love it. So he was cooking up a, a, a whole pig, pig, a whole pig, yeah. like straight up luau style. Yeah. And um, we were going separate. So there were a couple of vans because there were several of us and, and Lance was driving one of the vans and we were kind of talking about it before we left that... Man, I, just, I don't know if I really want to eat this pig. I've never had this before. Yeah. You know, this guy's trying to be nice. We appreciate the gesture, but like, I want some, I want something that I know is going to be good kind of yeah. deal. So we take off going. Uh, one of the other guys that was with us goes in another van that, that went early. So we ended up breaking down. Do you remember this part? Do you, yes, we, so we broke back. down. <laughs> The van that he was driving, I was sitting shotgun. We had like your sister or I don't know if your sister was on the trip or not. I can't remember. For some reason, I think she was. Yeah. And uh, and there were a couple other people in the back. We're broke down on the side of the highway. And it w- was kind of rural Florida area. And I think you had to call AAA from like your own personal, you know, AAA membership and everything because yeah. we're stranded and you're calling the 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 youth director and and everything else trying to say hey we're we need help sos kind of deal and we were we were doing the right thing we were showing up the van just completely broke down because i don't think there was like there was good cell reception where we were at that was it did you eat the pig I don't remember what I, I, I really don't remember. I really don't remember. <laughs> what I remember on that trip is every night we they would play so the high school guys would play ping pong and they played scar pong. So every time you lost oh, a yes. point, yeah, yeah. they just Nail you. pegged each other yeah. and they had all these welts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably what I got reprimanded yeah, yeah, for. But yeah. like, you know, intern is a I completely uh, forgot about that. Yeah. Sophomore yeah. in college, you know, you're like, yeah, let's have fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you were just an intern at the time. Mm-hmm. And then and the, but Obviously, you didn't get reprimanded hard enough. They ended up hiring you full time. Yeah. So, you know, you know. I, I, I redeemed, I redeemed myself, <laughs> he did. right? He did. But, um, you know, we we do have uh, a long time history, and I'm just thankful that you're here because I think you bring a lot of wisdom. You you really have been a guy that I've certainly looked up to for early in my childhood. 
even when I was younger in junior high, I always knew who Lance Redman was because you were Mr. Mr. Katie, Mr. Katie Community. I think you were even prom king. So it wasn't just me or something. Were that you? Effect. I was not prom king. Homecoming no. king? No. no. I, I, uh, you were like Mr. Katie. You could have ran with that. And I was kind of like you. the bridesmaid, never the bride. Right? <laughs> it was like, oh, he was nominated, but never won. So. Yeah. But uh, but you were always around in the church that I grew up in, and I really do dedicate, like, you know, my life has completely transformed over the last years, and I've really deepened my faith. But without that foundational part of my life, you know, I certainly wouldn't be here today, Where and, and you certainly had an influence over that. So uh, glad to have you on the podcast to bring yeah. some of your wisdom. Um, you're, you. you're now a, a husband, uh, a father of three boys. You're, you yep. married your high school sweetheart, Brady. And um, man, you've done a few cool things over your career. Uh, after Katie, you actually went to Rice, played some football there. I know you got the injury bug, but um, then went in, you were associate pastor, you know, or youth director, your associate pastor. Then you got into leadership in the senior living. And, and now um, you actually are part ownership of your own company. So you've had quite the journey. And on top of that, you're actually on the school board, at one of the largest school districts in the nation, arguably the best that breeds the best. So I, uh, I have a desire for pain. You do. <laughs> but um, one thing, you know, clearly you have a knack for leadership. And I know more history about your family and what kind of environment you were brought up in with your dad and everything else. But Ian doesn't, and and yeah. maybe some of our listeners don't. So maybe just tell a little bit about your background, how you, how you just always naturally gravitated to the leadership in this entrepreneur bug, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, I was uh, really an introverted kid, um, not confident, didn't have a lot of friends. Um, most of junior high, like, like I had a nickname that was super derogatory and I look back and I'm like, man, I should have beat a lot of kids up once I got bigger than them. <laughs> but, um, and so, so for me really, like it, it started as a, as a nine-year-old at VBS at Kingsland Baptist church. Uh, I walked forward, placed my faith in Jesus. And, and I really look back to then, like, that's when I started to see a, a change, right? I mean, even little things like I'm sure I didn't have a horrible mouth, but I know like the words I used as a nine year old, like I used all of them, yeah. right? And 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 God immediately started like convicting me about, hey, your language matters, right? Then um, and then so that that faith side of things, but 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 football started bringing in the opportunity for leadership, and we kind of joked around earlier. I mean, I wasn't good at football up until like. I hit puberty. Right. And I grew a couple inches and all of a sudden it was like, Oh wait, when I, when I push people, they fall down. <laughs> and, and so that success gave me the ability to, to have some leadership, to have some influence on people. And really it, it wasn't because I was, was, was a great athlete. Uh, at honestly, I made a friend at church camp and he was a little bit older than me and he, he brought me along to the gym. Mm. And so I think one of those lessons I started learning then was like, even though I wasn't this naturally gifted athlete, I got in the gym and was was consistent, mm -hmm. and and I went from being one of the the weaker defensive linemen to one of the stronger defensive linemen. Uh, I went from being one of the average speed or agility to to having a little more speed and a little more agility, right? And so it was that kind of that power of consistency brought me some success on the field, which gave me the ability to have some influence, right? Yeah. Um, and so. That that led to again. It wasn't the biggest guy. I mean, a, a defensive lineman at six two, two hundred and forty pounds in high school is not a great. Uh, you're not a highly sought after college recruit. Mm -hmm. um, but we we did have some success, and so as a, as a junior in high school, we won a state championship. As a senior, uh, it's a totally different story. But we were disqualified the night before the state championship yeah, game. I remember that. Uh, Katie? At yeah. Katie, yeah. So <laughs> what happened with that? Quick quick rundown. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm we can we can spend hours on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, a a player forged a progress report, and so uh, back then, if you failed six weeks, you weren't eligible for an entire six weeks. Well, they changed the law that year to where if you failed six weeks, you were eligible after three weeks. So everything was on paper then. It wasn't digital. So he forged, in, instead of an F, he put, he had an A. He drew a little line, and we were in the playoffs. He, a line. he played again. Yeah, he, he played in the game. And so the night before the state championship, we were going to play Midland Lee in Dallas at Texas Stadium the next day. 
and they pulled us off the bus and told us, fellas, we played an eligible player. We're not going to be playing in the state championship no game. Way. So Katy, Texas football was, I mean, it is still, still a huge yeah. thing. And that it was devastating to the, to us, to the community. Um, for me personally, one of the, the lessons that, that taught me was right as a state champion in, in 97, I was like, praise God, he brought us this stuff. But then as a senior in 98, I got disqualified. Well, I still give glory to God. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so yeah. you don't, I mean, you, you think about like that, that's your life. Like as a senior in high school that everything's been pointing to that moment. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, wow. kind of transitioned through that and, and God was teaching me some things there, uh, went to rice. Um, and again, as a college student, um, started having this call to say like, well, what does ministry look like? Uh, interned at my, my church growing up. That's where Kyle and I really got connected. Went on staff there, went to seminary uh, at as a finished seminary, left to go plant a church. And so, I you know I didn't know it then, but it was almost kind of like this entrepreneurial yeah. bug, right? Is is there? But it's in church space. Like what's going on? And so, planted a church, um, uh, Waters Edge Community Church, started in 2017, and was on staff there until sorry, it was 2007. Was on staff there until about 2014. At that point, God kind of transitioned me into the marketplace. And I uh, remember, I'll go back, if you if you Google work as worship is a, a mm. video that was put out. Um, and it's right now media, but back then it was a different group. And in it, it says, what if, like, it, it, it's one of those videos where it's like the hand drawing, right? And then they turn the paper <laughs> and they color it and all that kind of stuff. In in one one of the segments, it's something along the lines that says, "What if what if there wasn't a difference between the sacred and the secular?" Mm. And and it's talking, "What if work is worship?" Yeah, and it was one of those things. Like I point back to that video because it started laying this idea out that uh, nobody ever said the only way you can really do ministry is full time ministry. But growing up in church, that's kind of like like it's a yeah. you know it's a star on your shirt, right? Like yeah. oh, I committed to full time ministry. And, but then this idea that, wait, no, like people spend all their time outside of church, right? You, I mean, my, my pastor, maybe he gets two hours a week with me if I meet with him, but yeah. you're talking about 30 minutes to an hour, depending on the church you go to. Um, but I get a lot more time with my employees. And so uh, transitioned out of full-time ministry. I still, uh, there wasn't a moral failure. Like there wasn't some big deal. I stayed on, actually stayed and served as an elder for another three or four years until we, we moved to a different church. Um, but moved into senior living and then it was like a, like an MBA on like a fast track MBA. Uh, I did sales for a year and it was, again, we had like our full capacity and our, the business was 42, 42 or 48 people. And we had like seven. Hmm. And so we went from seven up to like, we had 47 of 48, uh, at one point. And so learned the the sales uh, side of things, learned, stepped in about a year after that into the ma managing that location. And so then now I had 50 employees to deal with and scheduling and requirements and regulations from the state. And then we opened up another location and I moved into kind of a regional role. So I, not only was I a player, I was also coaching other people. So those three and a half years, I went from like, the new sales guy that had never done sales to now I'm running three locations yeah. or not running, but running one and overseeing the other ones. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of came to an end and had the opportunity to buy a company. And so, uh, the long story short partnered my, my parents, my dad, um, Kyle, you mentioned like that influence he had my, my dad kind of did the same thing. Uh, when I was eight, he stepped into starting his own engineering firm. And so went from chemical engineer, petroleum engineer. Uh, they started a, a an engineering firm here in Houston, and they grew that from the the four, four, three or four guys. Uh, and they had, I think, five thousand people when the, when they finally sold. What group? Um, uh, do what? What group is it? So it was Mustang Engineering, and they sold the oh. they sold the Wood Group. Yeah, and I so being I, a little humble here. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a big deal. Um, I know exactly. We, yeah, wow. And but, but that's so cool. Dig deeper on that because yeah. I I did want to talk about that because I know your dad was your best man at your wedding. Mm -hmm. I I was I was in attendance at his wedding. Tell tell us more about that particular relationship and influence that he had because I know it's I know it's there's a deeper there's there's a deeper relationship there. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's my dad. I don't know what, what else to say, right? Well, but he, not everybody he, can say that. Right? Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, he, 
for all the all the things he lived a life of consistency in front of me was he perfect absolutely not um but i remember getting up and, and leaving for high school and getting in the car and him sitting there reading his bible Right. He actually, there was like, there was a set of commentaries he got uh, through the Bible with Vernon McGee, I think. And he worked his way through all those. And so I, I remember like I would leave every day and and that was his deal. Like I, I saw him doing that. I saw him living that out. The way, the way he led uh, the company is, is I don't remember exactly how it is, but, but, but it said, you know, uh, prof, uh, people driven process focused or something like that. Right. And so what I saw as a, as a kid, I saw a company leading that was trying to make a life better for their employees. I actually had a time that one of his employees was like, they left to go get more money, but they, right. Another company offered them a job that they got paid more money, but they ended up coming back to his company because like his life was better. He was a better person working yeah. for them, even though he wasn't getting yeah. paid as much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so over and over, even now, you know, fast forward, he's been out since 20, 2007. And so fast forward now, 16 years after he's been gone, there's still people that come back and talk about like how special that was being a part of that company. Um, and again, there's probably lots of other opportunities to go be a part of that, but it's, it's still a rare thing to have a 5,000 person company that, that has a, a focus on people. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially oil and gas. I mean, so much of that's driven by the price of oil and sure. how many jobs and projects you have, you hire them for this job, you let them go. And they tried to be different during that time and, and be committed. So the, the example he said as a, as a dad, as a, uh, even as a business owner was, uh, I mean, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we kind of partnered uh, to find this company. They were actually at a, a night together, uh, one, one of their neighborhood uh, get togethers. And they were telling a friend, just said, hey, we're looking for a next opportunity. I was still with senior living. And um, somebody said, you should talk to George. And um, my dad called George. And a week later, we were sitting at a, at a table like this in his office and having a conversation. And that was uh that was July of 2017, right before Hurricane Harvey hit, mm. and uh, he took it off the market. About November, reached back out. Again, we met at a bank, right? And I'd looked through all the financials, done all the due diligence, and we kind of shook hands. And he said, "Well, hey, you start working for me in January." So January one, I started working at this company, and uh, over the next nine months, we finally closed on the deal. Um, and so it was it was just a crazy. Uh, I mean it. God orchestrated it. Mm -hmm. and there's no other way because uh, the number of people who start looking for a company to buy, or I went through some franchising, um, you know, ex exploratory deals. I never actually went on site, but I was about to schedule one when we made this deal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people talk about when you're looking to buy a business, I mean, it, it can be two years, you know, prepare for mm -hmm. years and years. Mm -hmm. And to, to really be like, from the day I resigned until we sat down at that table the first time was like six weeks. Wow. And then another three or four months until we made the, uh, you know, agreed on stuff. And so, um, yeah, that, that was kind of the story. Athlete, student ministry, senior, uh, church planner, senior living, and now commercial building materials. Yeah. And, uh, we've got wow. 12 people at the company. And uh, we've been growing and increasing inventory and kind of going through COVID and all the crazy things that happened there. Yeah. So. So what kind um, of, what, I guess, what kind of leadership principles are now that you are fully in the chair? Because, I mean, you were in these leadership roles, but you weren't actually like the ownership side necessarily. So now that you have like full control with your dad's help, of course, in yeah i don't know if y'all are 50 50 partners or, or how y'all split it but he's, he's he's not actually involved in the um operations at all so so he um is, is really just just an advisor yeah um yeah so so you you know it's on your shoulders man like how do you like how do you translate everything you've learned up to this point into now now you've got it sounds like 12 12 families is the way i typically look at that it's 30 it's like, mouths 30 about mouths. 30 mouths that are relying on the decisions I like talk a little bit about just wherever you want to take it from like the weight that that carries for you and and how you you know are are holding true to the standard that that you value but continuing to also run a business and and merge all the 
all yeah. the aspects of life. Yeah. Um, I was looking through some text messages the other day. I searched for something and this picture popped up and it was the day after we closed and I'm sitting at my desk and I like took a picture, right? You know, like the view <laughs> yeah. from the chair, right? And I sent it to to my friend that, that's been in that situation before. And I was like, dude, this just got really overwhelming. Yeah. Like, like I'm not just working for this guy. Like, this is ours. Like, what do we do? Um, and, and, uh, I think y'all, y'all know. Do you know anybody who has QuickBooks experience? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and he sent me all these like, like scripture affirmations. He was like, Hey, here's the promises of God that I grab onto when I get overwhelmed in that stuff, you yeah. know? And, um, I, yeah. Um, so where, where did I go from there? Number one, um, man, always before what's been interesting, always before, like I always kind of took this idea that your faith should be there, but like almost kind of hidden, you know? So like I'd put together, um, like one of our values was others first. Right. And so it was like, consider others better than yourselves. Like it's Philippians two, three, mm-hmm. but I didn't put Philippians two, three there. Cause yeah. it was like, I'm going to put it out there for people. Yeah. And, but, but they'll know, you know, yeah. like, yeah. like, what do we Christian, call it? Sneaky, sneaky Jesus. Jesus. Sneaky yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Sneaky Jesus. But, but that was the way it was presented because there yeah. was this idea that it was, you couldn't do that as a business owner, yeah. Yeah. right? You can't, you, you can't put a Bible verse in your values or in your yeah. whatever. Right. And so, um, I've since learned, I joined a group called C12. I mean, it's, it's, it's been great to have, um, a conversation with other business owners that are going through the same thing that want to impact people for Jesus. And yeah. so, uh, what, what I've learned is you can be super, uh, out there about stuff. And I'm, and by no means, as I say this, am I like the greatest example of this? Like there's so many ways I fail. Um, but it's been fun because like, as that's kind of opened my mind to go, wait, I, we can, we can say that our mission is to like honor God, like, yeah. or I, honor Jesus. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like this is getting, this is getting crazy. Yeah. Um, and so what, over the past five years, what I've seen is that sneaky Jesus, right. To, to just being open about who I am. This is why we do things. This is why we value that. Um, the cool thing this past, uh, we started like now that I hired a, um, VP of operations, and now that we actually have like more of a leadership team, like we're starting that in prayer, right? Each, mm. I mean, the very first time we start that leadership meeting is reviewing back what God's done and answering our prayers, right? And then what we need to pray for for the future, um, which is has been super encouraging. Like, like, like the most recent one this past Monday, we're we're going through this book, praying God's will over your business or something. So just just kind of a tool to kind of guide our prayers. Yeah. And this week was about God's protection. And so I'm like, I don't know that we need to pray for this. Like things are going good, but I'm like, I'm going to read it anyway. And then like, why we're in the meeting, like so we, we, we pray this prayer over God's protection and, and Bible verse and kind of talk through it. And then like this, like competitor, we get this phone call, this competitor spreading lies and all mm. this kind of stuff about it, these rumors. And I like look at everybody after we're done talking and they're like, wow, we just prayed for protection. I was yeah, like, yeah. maybe we needed to know, yeah, like we don't yeah. need to go nuclear to go destroy these people, but like we continue to honor God in the way we operate. That's good. Like we, one of our values is we have character. Okay. Well, what does that look like for us? And so, um, man, learning that uh, has been used. Yeah. I like that to go from sneaky Jesus to really just being out there and honest about who, yeah. who you are. Yeah. That's, that's phenomenal. I have a couple questions just here in the story. So I'll, if you listen to episodes, I kind of go through a process just so I make sure I'm tracking high school football player rice, you know, um, then goes into ministry, right? Were you full-time ministry? I was. So I started part-time. Yeah. So spring of my senior year in college, I got hired as an interim student minister. So I was about 20 hours a week, 20 hours a week. Okay. And then as I was done, started, I guess once summer hit, I went full time. Did you feel, we've talked about this in a previous episode. I'm just interested to hear your point of view. Did you feel called to ministry? I did. Do, do you still do? Yeah. You still do feel called mm. to ministry. I, I, and I, but I think the, um, the definition or the interpretation of called to ministry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think being called to ministry now doesn't equal full-time vocational ministry within the church. Okay. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever be back one day in full-time vocational ministry? I don't know. Um, there's been times I feel like God's kind of painted a picture of like 
sorry, full-time church ministry. I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a nonprofit of type of ministry. Yeah. Um, man, I drew out kind of a, like a vision board years ago. I was still on staff at the church and one of them looked like a, there being a nonprofit, like a, like a ministry in there happening. There. We went to a conference, him and I, in this amazing pastor, um, What's his name? Chris Hodges. Chris Hodges hmm. said, "Hey, if you ever like, if you if you truly were called to ministry, you can never basically you can never get the bug off of you. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's got to be on you. So I think yeah. that's super interesting because that's really where we're both at too. Is hey, we're entrepreneurs, but we've we've realized that hey, our gifting and talents are best used for Christ in the workplace, yep. uh, bringing people to Him. Really, that's the point of the, point of the podcast, but." Um, I, I also wanted to kind of focus on. We said sneaky Jesus. You know the business. The the business that I'm in. It's it's on the it's on the you know billboard. billboard. Yeah. yeah. You know it's like Christian Brothers, right? So I mean, I've got you know Bethel playing in my uh, yeah. my lobby when people walk in, right? Yeah. Um, that painting people can't see it over there. That painting over there, a woman um, that I was able to lead to the Lord in my lobby, who was Muslim, painted that for me and gave it to me, right? So there's there's no like sneaky Jesus when it comes to which I yeah. love. Yeah. yeah. And I, 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 I say all that to say there's a lot of people that are in your position that have quote unquote secular businesses, but are wanting to go from sneaky Jesus. And I'm feeling this and I'm seeing this in the business world to going, hey, I just believe in Jesus, right? Kind of mm -hmm. like you're, you're like this transition. And so, um, I'd like to ask you, how would you, are there any things or nuggets that you can give? I'm thinking of three business owners particularly in my mind right now that are trying to figure out how to transition this to going, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, hey, can I pray for you real quick? To, hey, this is what we believe in. This is why we do what we do. This is the passion of my heart being expressed in our daily lives, right? Yeah. Um, is there anything that you, like, you did practically to go from being sneaky Jesus to being, this is just who we are? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I, I think one was knowing that it's okay to be that way. Yeah. Right. Um, I think you look at our culture, cancel culture, you look at they sell you going after like masterpiece cake shop in Denver. Yeah. Um, I was at a conference where he was speaking and they were, they were laying out all these laying out that, uh, was Alliance for defending freedom. Um, and it, it was it was walking through that and understanding like hey if you're gonna if you're gonna make that claim like is there evidence to support you right I mean so you almost the idea that like if somebody's gonna come after your company for believing that is there enough evidence that if you brought it into court they would be able to say oh no you are a Christian right and so mm, so, so almost the other end of the spectrum yeah like so this non lukewarmness yeah. yeah so like in your um, in your documents, in your legal documents for your company, do you have a statement of faith, mm. right? In your uh, employee handbook, do you have something that says this is what we believe? Mm. And now, now, granted, like it's in, in a non-proselytizing way, right? Sure. I mean, like, like there's all the there's all the the rules that don't change, but um, very really, I'm trying, I'm trying to think who who is it? Um, whichever organization it is that people think is anti-Christian, the government uh, employees. I don't know. I don't know. Very, but anyways, uh, one of the things I've, I've learned is like there's Christians working there and, and you'd think that all the laws are set up to like make Jesus not be in the workplace, but those same laws that protect other people protect us and our faith. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the idea is like the, the difference is like as a business owner, I, I can't force my employees to believe sure, what I believe. Right. right. Sure. Now, does that mean I can't tell them about Jesus? No, it doesn't mean I can't tell them about Jesus. I can't force them to, or I can't make decisions on hiring uh, or promotions based on faith, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so I think there's that that legal aspect that you know, like if you were if it was put in front of a court and you couldn't just say like, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm a Christian. Like, well, but did you put it down on paper? Like, could you could yeah. you show that? Right? I love this. This is great. great. Yeah, um, this is great. So mission. Uh, I mean, literal and. and Corporation documents. Do you have? Do you have a um, a statement about faith? Do you have like a beliefs? Uh, is it in your employee handbook? Um, so that that's one uh, understanding that you can do it was number two, and then 
three, one of the things I, like, so what am I, what, what's one of our rocks that we work on this next year or, or maybe through the end of the year was basically just kind of creating a ministry scorecard. Mm -hmm. And so realistically just saying that I have a, um, that, that I'm a Christian or I, I want that to be that for my company, you know, every other area of business, we create metrics and goals and KPIs, mm -hmm. but then like when it gets to ministry, you go, I mean, I gave money to my church or I supported yeah. this ministry, but, but what if, what if you actually have those KPIs and a scorecard really for ministry, right? So whether that's service events and, and again, the disclaimer, like I totally fail at this all the time. I just, I know where, I know what one of my goals, we're strategic planning for next year right now. And I've already kind of written some of this stuff out. So, yeah. but like, you know, how many service projects are you going to do? Uh, for example, how many spiritual conversations do you have in the lobby or how many Bibles did you share? You know I mean? There, there's a whole uh, plethora of options of what it looks like for people. At the, and at the end of the day, what we want to see happen is people come to know Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, so, so for us, the legal side, the belief, and then setting up those goals so on how to, okay how to handle that. Spiritually. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's really, really good. That's really good. Well, um, what made you want to move forward into this this school board and this education space? Because that's kind of separate from, um, you know, the the marketplace and everything else. And obviously, you've got three boys. I know Brady used to teach. I know, mm -hmm. you know, so you do have education in your in your family. Like, what was the desire there? Yeah, I, I mean, I just I lost my mind. I'm just joking. Um, so some may say. So uh, our our community really like when people say when people talk about our city, most of the time what they actually mean is the geographic boundaries of our school district. Mm -hmm. And so the city is you know ten fifteen thousand people. The the boundaries of the school district. I think there's two hundred eighty thousand registered voters. Right. I mean there's ninety six thousand kids. There's twelve thousand employees. One of the largest employers is a $1.3 billion organization with $3 billion in assets. It's crazy. And so... Um, this is a school district we're talking it's about. It's a school district. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeez. And so uh, back in 2019, so I ran, I filed to run in January, February of 2019. Uh, our school district had just lost its superintendent. Um, it was kind of contentious things in the community. And uh, I... I really thought like I've been plugged in and served in a bunch of different ways, education foundation, different, different things throughout the school district. And, um, I don't, I don't know that I really wanted to, but we just saw this happening and, and Brady and I were sitting there, we were actually watching a board meeting one night online. Uh, we were great date <laughs> nights then. And, um, and the superintendent just resigned and we said, um, what are, what are we going to do? Like, yeah. let's write a meanly spirited Facebook post that'll change the world. And we're like, okay, that's not going to work. Yeah. And so throughout that time, you know, God started kind of sowing that, um, actually had coffee with a friend and he was like, you should run. And I was like, listen, God will have to radically change my wife's heart because <laughs> there's no, I've, I've done the move forward without yeah. her support before, you know, like, mm. Hey, we talked about it. She's yeah. like, no, you talked yeah. about it. There like, was okay. some talking. There, yeah, there was yeah. talking. She's like, going you on. told yeah. me you were going to do it, but I didn't agree to <laughs> yeah. it, right? And so I, I was smart enough to go like, okay, this is this has the potential to be very controversial. People, you will make enemies, right? Yeah. And so uh, you're putting yourself out there. We went to dinner with some friends, and and as we drove home, I was like, man, that's yeah, this didn't happen. She goes, I think you should do it, and I was like, why did I say if God needed to change your heart, if I was going to do this, right? <laughs> yeah. And so when, when she said that, then it was full go. Um, I mean, again, uh, kind of that idea, uh, blessed to be a blessing, right? It's been a huge blessing in my life. It's a huge part of our community. Um, saw some forces that I thought were trying to like break the community apart. Yeah. And so stepped into it and man, it's been, uh, dr like drinking from a fire hose, learning yeah. so much about what does education look like in, the, in public schools, in our community, getting to know our staff and, all the things that uh, you most people have no clue happens or how it operates. And so, uh, yeah, so now I'm four and a half years into uh, serving and uh, in my second term and through May of 25, I guess is when I'd be up for reelection again. Yeah. 
That's awesome, man. I, I really think, you know, you, you said something that kind of jogged a, uh, my memory with a conversation that he and I have had before a uh, similar story that happens all the time, especially as, as Christians, we see what's happening in the world with, um, you know, the, the, the pride community, just shoving that down our throats. And, you know, some of these churches doing these drag shows and everything else. And there was actually something like that, that happened here locally where, uh, you know, quote unquote, a church hosted a, a drag show and like the whole, like, far right, like, quote, unquote, Christian community just hit, hit you know, went know nuts. Just uproar, went yeah. nuts. And he and I were even getting some some calls from some mutual connections who were outside of Katy didn't mm -hmm. really, you know, mm -hmm. not from here, they're seeing it on the news. And they're like, man, you guys need to go, you know, charge that protest that blast it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we were both in really in alignment in this where it's like, man, I don't, I don't think that's the right approach. I don't think it's the right pr approach to take a divisive stance. And now we are divisive in the standards that we hold, but we still have to show love through the entire process. And I think that um, you took it a step further and in this in this education, because I remember I remember that situation vividly with what you're talking about. It was very hostile. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. It was a very hostile force that ultimately led to the superintendent at that time resigning. But it was ultimately through pure hate that how it all transpired. And when it really started happening, he didn't stand a chance. But um but you even took it a step further and put more action behind it in 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 a more subtle way, kind of a you know sneaky Jesus way, where you knew you're a man of faith. But you know, I I think you're um, maybe not. I think you know this about yourself. You 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 have you've been in Katy forever. Your family's been in Katy forever. Like you've you've just I would I joked about it earlier, but you you really are. Um, you know, a solid citizen in this community and done so much. And I think you just, not that this was the sole desire, but there was an opportunity for you to leverage that in such a good way that also pushed you out of your comfort zone in this whole new space in the education world. And it was like, man, I don't, I don't want to do this, but I feel more or less called to get involved. Yeah. So I think that's great. And um, on top of all that, we just had an episode with with my wife talking about the state of education. I know you've been thrusted in this world. Mm. Like we need this now more than ever. I know you got your eyes opened up through that interview. I did. And just the the way that not necessarily it's not you know tied to our district. It's just even yeah. as a nation yeah. and and on a, a, a state level, um, man. What what are what are coming a couple of the, like the big topics that are really concerning for the longevity of education in just our public community? Yeah. Um, so, man, there's so many things to unpack there. You could jump down individual <laughs> individual topics yeah. on all kinds of stuff. I think my my kind of view is is what we have now is national issues right i mean so what we know about our, our society right um satan is r roving around the earth sowing lies and trying to destroy yeah and so you you do get pockets of communities that some of those things are not in some of those things that are happening on a national level are they coming this way absolutely i mean we know like what our community was 20 years ago, like, have we moved? Have we become more uh, worldly? Absolutely. Like, yeah. right, this, this city used to be called, like, the, the city of churches, right? And so, but but I think there's an element of, like, that those national um, topics and, and instances of what are happening are getting people riled, riled up, rightfully so. Like, that, we don't want to deal with some of those things that are happening in other places. So where I think it jumps off the rails, it's just assume that people are, it's happening here and it gets so personal and attacking, right? So yeah. you've got, not, not to use left and right, right? Yeah. But you've got the left talking past the right and then people reading into people's intentions or their proposed, like, well, they follow this person on Twitter, they follow this person on Facebook, so they must think what they mean. Like, no, 
just literally what they said. Yeah. They want this does not mean A, B, and C. It just means what they said. Or or the idea that there's there's this concept that's been pushed out there. I don't know. I think I think purposefully that if you are not out actively promoting a worldview or a lifestyle, that you hate it. Yeah. Right. And so that's not true, right? There, right? There's there's a bunch of shades of I'm going to promote this idea or I hate this idea or you can simply be against it, right? You can simply not be for it. Like there, there's a whole scale of things in there. And I think you, we've lost the ability to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, it's become so politically charged that if you say or even ask a question sometimes that you're written off as a – you're written off as not – towing the line for a political affiliation or whatever. And right. so um, sadly, I do feel like that's moved down on the school board level. Yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're in a great position. We've got seven solid people on our school board. And I think occasionally people, I mean, any leadership team, right? You have the ability for people to talk past each other or not, um, not, um, communicate clearly yeah, hear one yeah. another yeah people are just i think we're in a in a place in our society today is my observation is that we are just operating by the seat of our pants on emotion and so when something happens because we've been trained now that we can get out there and just type 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 um and get our voice heard that now like that's how we should be and react to people when we're face to face and when we're in like formal meetings and such, which is just simply not how you get things done. I think we've known that. I think that's the, that's the state of the, just the U S political nature and Congress and everything else. That's what we've seen for, for, for decades. And look where we are. Like we're really like at the end of the day, like we're really no different whether or not you, you lean right or left. It's, how do we, how can we truly have an open conversation? I think that's where you look to like what he was saying. That's why I think the business community has such, um, uh, ha has such a strong ability to make an impact and yeah, influence because leverage. you see more respectful conversations, not all the time, but you see more yeah. respectful conversations. You see more, um, steadiness in the businesses because you have a tangible thing in the dollar that Hey, if I don't, if we don't figure out this problem, our company is going to fail. So you're, you're forced to figure it out and you're going to, you know, come together in a locked room and say, Hey, we have an issue between me and you let's hash it out, but let's do it knowing for the, for the greater good of this particular company to, uh, you know, to do well and profit. No, go ahead. I was, yeah, I was going to say in, in part of the deal in that instance, you talked about emotion coming into play. I mean, in those instances, you you pull up data, yeah, right. You you look at it and you go, how many times has this happened? Do I need to create a policy for? Okay, there were there were two thousand and two thousand in days or you know whatever incidents last year, but only two of them were like this, you know, or or the scale of things. So many people don't work on the scale, like in in this instance, right? I mean, you're talking about eighty different campuses. Mm -hmm. You go, okay, so so if it happens one time. Right, ninety six thousand students. They're not even talking about a percent or a tenth of a percent or a hundredth of a percent, right? Yeah. So, you, so you do have to ask yourself: Is like, what's the what's the scale and scope of what we're talking about? Does that warrant a a policy, or does it warrant an action, or is it something you deal with one off? Right? I mean, there's instances in my company that something happens, and it's like, okay, well, that's going to keep happening, or it's like, no, I'm going to talk to that person. We're going to deal with it. Um, and so I think there's that element that that you also get, like, right, you talk about education, right? You, you start looking at, there's 5.5 million kids in Texas in public education. Jeez, that's crazy. Right? And so, and you've got everything from a border town where people are driving across the border and going to school, or you've got our district where it's a highly affluent area. And most, there's lots coming from two parent homes and like there, it's everything and in between those instances. And so you, you've really got to look and you've got to look at the data and, yeah. and what's really happening and make a well-informed decision. And that allows you to have a good conversation because you're not yeah. playing on emotions, right? You, you get yeah. to say, no, let's look at what really happened. Well, I got, I read this on Facebook. <laughs> like, well, okay, <laughs> but what really happened? Well, yeah. they said that. 
yeah. okay, but you know, in so, so many instances, that's that's what we deal with is you get one side of the story and then you find out more about it and you're like, oh, this isn't really a this isn't really a policy or something that happened. It's a yeah, it's a one off. It's a one, it's it's a one, a one off. off that's been skewed. Well, yeah. And, yeah, and even sometimes those one offs, there's five or ten of them. Yeah, but again, like in our instance, you're talking about almost a hundred thousand. Yeah. kids that it could be happening to if it's happening to 10 helping one kid is absolutely worth it absolutely. sure but there's an element to go at what point does it raise up to a, a policy yeah. or a change yeah no, yeah so. i was laughing we, there's a situation that i've been dealing with this week too and so that's that directly applies to this concept it's yeah. like one side of the story and it's like man no we need to slow down and really look at this look and like you said look at the data we've yeah. literally been talking about look at that the facts. But you, what were you you were about to say something man i was just you know i was going to go back a little bit to the church thing too yeah. and it's it's similar to what you're you know you're dealing with in the school board in the sense of like did i agree with what the church was doing absolutely not do I think, you know, but was it, was it, was it my job to go get my AR 15 and go, you know, walk down the street as a Christian, right? Like, I don't think that was it either. Um, but just hearing your story, just to, you know, transition a little bit, which challenged me in this conversation. And, and I like to look at, again, I'm a kind of different guy. I look at the whole conversation and go, man, what is something that is either repeated itself that you've said multiple times and or uh, what is something that has just, it seems like has defined you in certain times. And as I was just hearing you talk lastly about this board position, I mean, I think less talk and more action has defined you. Mm. Like through, you know, hey, I'm, I'm this scrawny kid that, you know, hey, I took action. I went to the weight room and I produced a result, right? Hey, to starting a church. Like people don't realize I've been privileged to be close enough to to a few church plants. And it's like, it's a lot, man. It's a lot on you. It's a lot on the wife. It's a lot on the kids yeah. um, to now, uh, you know, starting a business and taking what you believe in and you are passionate about and you feel like God has put you on this earth and not sneaky in it, but putting it out there and going, this is what we believe and how we believe it all the way to hey not only am i going to do that but i'm like like kyle said i'm going to put myself in the public eye now and i'm going to allow my business my family my faith and everything else be scrutinized and looked at because something needs to change and so often us as people us as leaders us as business owners um there's a lot of of talk behind the scenes, but there's very little stepping out and taking action yeah. um, that's helping change the community. And so I know for me in this conversation, um, I I could be wrong. I don't know you very well just from meeting you today, but it seems like your life has been defined by less talk and more action. And it's challenged me to go, hey, I do have influence. I do have um, I do have certain areas where I have a voice. And sometimes it just takes taking a little bit of action more than just, you know, raising a voice. And so I commend you for that. It's, it's, it's been really impressive to hear the action that you take and the fruit that the Lord has allowed you to have because of the action. So, yeah, thank you. I would echo that. And I would, um, I'd like to hear also a little bit more about the marriage side of things too. Cause I mean, how long have you and Brady been married now? We've been married 20 years. So th this past June was 20 years. So we Dude. Our You're first, our first, <laughs> I am, but, but we also started, we also met when we were in third grade. That's right. That's so our first date was right. prom our senior year at Katie high school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, 20 years, man, in this day and age and society today, I mean, it, it's not surprising to me. It's what's surprising to me is just how old you are, mm -hmm. but, uh, <laughs> it's not surprising to me that you have, um, you guys have been married that long because we we really like to spend a lot of our conversations talking about practical side and bringing in all aspects of faith so that's why we feel like we've kind of probably jumped around a couple topics yeah. here but yeah. um let's tie in that aspect of it how do you guys stay married for 20 years in this day and age with all that you have going on you know, our, you talked about family earlier. We both had a great example. Both our parents are, we're blessed that they're, they're still alive, um, but they're both still married. Mm. And so we mm. had that example yeah. set, set for us. I don't ever remember a time that 
I mean, not, not that our, either of our parents didn't fight or, you know, it was very clear. I mean, even as, even now there's times where we're like, they really don't like each other right now, but you know, like, but, yeah. but there's never been the time you're like, Oh, this may not last. Right. And so we had, we had a great example set. Um, I think it's kind of one of those, you know, you talk about those define the relationship talks, but early on, because we both had that, that faith separate from when we came, you know, got married, it, that was, that was just what was ingrained in us, right? Marriage is forever, right? This is God's plan for marriage. And so, you know, early on, like we didn't do anything. I mean, we did, we did marriage counseling and all that kind of stuff, sure. but it, it's not like we did anything super special other than the fact like, Hey, we're never going to say divorce. Right. Like, so, yeah. so it separating was never on the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so like it is not on the table, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's on the table. And it, I mean, honestly, even this morning, like I walked out of the house and like was not the happiest with her. Like she, she called me on something that, um, the quick rundown, we're, my son's going to be 16 and we're, I'm buying a, a, a truck from the company. And there's been several times where I've been like, Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the, and get the title transfer. Yeah. And I've probably said that three or four times and maybe five, maybe 10, I don't know, but it, it's still not transferred. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was one of those things where it made the comment, like, I don't even know if I can believe you when you say that now. And I was like, Ooh, like, like everything, <laughs> you know, right. um, but like as much as I didn't like that at that time, right. I mean, that's what I needed to hear. Like, I, I don't view, I, I don't view that. Right. Right. So me saying that it's in my mind it's was not like, Hey, I, I don't know. It, but it, it called me to say like, Hey, I need yeah. to step up. I yeah. I'm overlooking the importance of that, of what I said, mm -hmm. but like my son's wanting the truck, you know, like, yeah. and, and she's wanting me to go do it. And, and yes, things got busy and I have a hundred things going on, but like, I still need to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's one of those things like, again, I left this morning and I was not super happy. Um, and she wasn't either. Like she might still be mad at me. Um, <laughs> but I know like there's not at any point you think like, we're not going to be able to work through this and For talk sure. about it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so how do you do that? Man. Um, you know, we're, we're not even the greatest at like date nights and stuff. I mean, yes, we try to do it. Like as the kids have gotten older, it's gotten way easier. Cause now like we can, I can get home and be like, Hey, you want to run up? And, and you can grab something to eat real quick yeah. and yeah. we can leave the kids at home. It's awesome. Y'all yeah. are going to love it when that day gets there. Yeah. Right. And, and we're coming into that now, actually. Yeah. Uh, not me. Yeah. You start off small, right? So like, like we'll run up to Pearl and Vine over here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's super close. And we, we tried that out. Like, okay, we're just going to be gone for two hours. And now it's kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll venture a little bit further away. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you'll have phones. We have neighbors, you know, it's like this concept back in the day, like parents would be like, neighbors are next door, run over there. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so long for us to be like, oh yeah, our, we can actually ask our neighbors to help. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, again, nothing super special, but I mean, we're at church, we're in church and we serve and we're in that community that like, that's, those are the examples being set for us. And yeah. so, um, you know, it's kind of like giving, like once you automate your giving mm -hmm. uh, to your church, right? It happens. You know, I don't have to yeah. make the decision because I made it and it's done. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, now I could go like pull it back or, you know, change it or whatever. But I, I think in, in your marriage, it's some of those things is like, no, we it's settled. It's done. Yeah. yeah. I like that. It's like, I think uh, when you said that, I thought of Steve Jobs. It's the whole reason why he wore what he wore. His little mm -hmm. black shirt is because yeah. he wanted to take the simple decisions off the table where he didn't mm -hmm. have to think about what he wanted to wear every day. So the closet was full of the same clothes throughout the his whole life. But um, on the on a practical level, like, what are you guys talking about? Like, so when you do get away, because that's that's one thing that we learned really early is like date night doesn't always have to be some big production where, mm. you know, we're 30 miles from like some really good restaurants. I mean, Houston has tons of great restaurants, foodie town. So it doesn't look have to look like, oh, we're always going into town to do that. And we're taking so much time and effort sitting through rush hour on a Friday, whatever. Um, and then by the time we get there, we're frustrated because, you know, we, you know, we sat in traffic or whatever, but yeah. like finding these little pockets of time is something that has really helped us too. And even like working in coffee dates too, where it's not, it doesn't just have to be dinner. Now we just want to spend an hour and a half. We can go sit at Starbucks or summer moon or wherever and, and just talk and catch up. And I think, um, you know, that's, what's really helped us. What are, what are some of the, like, 
you know, obviously I'm not looking for specifics, like but high level. You gave us a specific example this morning. Yes. That was great. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for your vulnerability. Yeah. Um, Brady, if you're still upset by the time it's, this comes out, forgive you him. know, forgive him. This is this has been a while, but, but <laughs> I, I hope to have transferred the title by the time that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we yeah. got a couple of weeks before yeah. it comes yeah, out from this right. recording. That's right. But, uh, like just some of the some of the conversations that you guys have. Do you guys making a, a point to like have kind of like a business family meeting, and then you're just talking about other things that have nothing to do with, you know, the just like the business side of the family? Because reality is, we we do that. That's the easiest way to. Um, articulate that as kind of having a business meeting as a family and then you have like just a fun meeting you know yeah we don't have anything super structured um it it comes up even this past year so she actually incorporated a travel agency over the past oh, couple cool. months yeah. and so uh you're asking me is like we were on a cruise like two weeks ago and we had lots of those conversations yeah. uh but when you're on a cruise in like alaska it's easy to have those conversations. You <laughs> yeah. don't really have anything else you're yeah. doing, right? Yeah, like yeah. You're on a train, you're fishing, you're doing whatever. Um, so we, we do have a lot of those, those dream conversations about what, what does that look like in the future? But I mean, there's part of it that's like, just life's going on. I mean, we got a, we got a sophomore that's got banned and I'm taking him at six 30 and then we're taking a kid to the bus at eight and then junior high at eight, 10. And then one day they have jazz band and one day it's marching band and the other day it's sectionals. And then you've got practice and, 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 you know, it's, it's easy to let that stuff just fall apart and, and just grab it when you can. I yeah, mean, I, yeah. again, I, I don't, I don't profess to be the professional in that area. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we just, it's we good. fell at, fell at it at a lot of places, but yeah. when, when we do it, it, I mean, that's the part you enjoy so much, right? Talking about those, those dreams and, and then making plans to make them happen. You know, yeah. I, I do look back and see where we've had those conversations and it's come true. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I, and then honestly, as I'm thinking about that, that's where one more fell, like I've got this plan over the next two months to make a strategic plan for next year for my company. Right. Yeah. Um, when our family don't, you don't always do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like if, if, man, if we were intentional as much about, uh, your family, man, that'd be a pretty awesome. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, you gotta be doing something right since she still loves you since third grade. So, yeah. <laughs> well, she years. did know. So, so third years. grade to senior year, like she was way cooler than I was. Oh, yeah. she was so, one of those. Yeah. So prom our senior year was our first day. Well, so I, I, I was, I wasn't going to bring that up. But I, I know there was another, you know, maybe a girlfriend in there and it makes sense. <laughs> we won't talk about that one. She did another guys too. So that's fairness. That's funny. But uh, man, I I appreciate you again sharing your wisdom. This is great. Yeah, um, this has been helpful for me, and and obviously just good to connect. Um, did you have any any anything else you wanted to no, ask? No, I mean, I, I I love um, I love this podcast because we get to hear just some hometown just success stories, and and that, I think you're one of those, man. I really do. I think. Um, it's really cool to see how God has just used you. And like I said earlier, it's challenged me to just get up and, and do something. And so I hope it's challenged the listeners too, that, um, man, if you, if you keep God as the rock and as a sinner, no matter where you shift or, or where you slide or where he go, you go, you're going to prosper where you go. And it seems yeah. like he's done, that's been a defining thing of your life. And so, um, I think it's really, really good. So thank you for coming and thank you. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm new to I'm new to you, and so thank you for being vulnerable in front of me. I, yeah. I think it's really cool, and uh, I think the listeners are getting a lot from it. Well, I think that this this past Sunday, uh, the sermon was about abiding in Christ, mm. right? And and I mean, even even like when I think of the concept of kingdom flow, I'm just I'm picturing like right, it's just flowing through you, right? Yes. And so, again, not saying I'm the perfect at this or great at it, even, but the idea that right, if you're abiding in Christ, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. Yeah. Right. If you're plugged in and connected to the vine, our pastor used the, con he, he held a mixer up, right. Mm -hmm. And he held the mixer up and he pulled the trigger and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he plugged it in the wall. Zzz, it started moving. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's that, that idea. If we are in mean, kingdom flow, if we're abiding in Christ, if we're plugged in, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter where you're at. Right. I mean, if yeah. you're at church, if you're with your family, if you're in the public eye or you're at work or anywhere in between, you you know that you're prayed up. You know that that God's flowing through you. You know that you're abiding in Him, and yeah. if you're doing that, like that's the safest place to be. And, yeah. and I feel like 
there's so many times it's like I have zero clue what's gonna happen today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I I know like hey if I'm if I'm struggling if I'm if I'm working at it and abiding in Christ like He's prepared me to handle that. And yeah. so I, I find, you know, specifically you talk about like school board meetings or sometimes I walk in there and I'm like I have no clue what's gonna happen, <laughs> but I know people are praying for me. I know that I've I've prayed about this. Uh, you know, I walk into it. I'm about to walk into a planning meeting. It's the same thing. Am I am I connected with Jesus? And if so, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> but I can trust. I know that He's good, and that we can trust Him. That's so good. That's good. It's really, really good. Well, do you mind closing us in prayer? I do not. I would appreciate awesome. it, man. Thanks again. God, we love you. Yes. God, we thank you so much for the ways that you have blessed each of us and each of the listeners on this podcast. God, I pray you would use this episode to encourage, to draw people towards you. Got to pray you would bless the families and the employees and everybody that listeners are connected with. We love you. And we ask all this in your son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you feel encouraged by today's episode. Help us reach the masses by leaving a review and subscribing to the show. We'll see you next time. 